0: Welcome to by the Ghostlight, where we tell you uh, what's up in the big wider world and why it matters to your little corner of your own little area bespoke region and uh, you know what's relevant in, in uh, today's society Cassie
1: what is relevant in today's society Ryan newsies newsies is relevant I've been seeing it all over the place.
0: Super relevant. Um, If you haven't watched Newsies, you should watch Newsies because it's what all the TikTokers are about now. Hi, everyone. I'm Ryan. I'm Cassie. And everyone in the world is on strike.
1: Yeah, we thought this episode was going to be so cut and dry. We were sending each other articles and stuff for the past like three days. Like, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about the Broadway IATSE going on strike. And then broadway AyATSI reached a deal or Amazingly, a tentative deal at this point which a
0: tentative deal is
1: good we support that
0: that's great I Means somebody gave in which is good hopefully uh but it would have been i believe they called it the pink contracts yes so, so the, it would have only affected a handful of actual broadway shows but a lot of off-broadway and tours and things like that would have immediately shut down um it's all kind of technical and confusing it would not have been a complete IATSE strike no but I have to imagine a lot of IATSE members would refuse to cross that picket line I'm
1: I'm sure so IATSE is basically the union for the tech side of theater there's two different kinds of a, a tech theater technician that you can be on Broadway you can be someone who stays with the house with the theater Mm-hmm. um and no matter what show is in that theater that is where you work and that is your job and then you can be what's called pink contract I think I think that one's the pink I con- believe the other so, one is yeah. the pink contract where you are show specific so you are hired to work for a specific show
0: mm-hmm.
1: one of those two is known as a pink contract and that's what was going to be going on strike because their contracts had not been renegotiated in quite some time mm-hmm And so, you know, luckily, in terms of not shutting down Broadway, so luckily for the New York theater scene and luckily for hopefully setting an example for all of these other organizations that are on strike right now. The group agreed to sit down and renegotiate and they have a tentative agreement. So fingers crossed your Broadway shows will not be affected by this and everybody gets to be paid fairly for their work.
0: I can't wait to hear what these terms are when they come out, because if a union as powerful as IATSE, even if it's just for a smaller group of individuals, can show actual negotiating prowess and movement on some of these things, uh, I, you got to feel like the WGA and SAG, AFTRA, and all of these other groups have to take some solace in that and know that you know, change can actually happen. Um, yeah. But the the interesting part about this would have been um, all of the tours that could have been impacted by this because it would have basically shut down union tours nationwide. Yes. Basically at the drop of a hat. Like this happened on Monday or Tuesday. There were rumblings and then they called for a strike authorization Wednesday, Thursday, and then like we're taking a vote when the news came in that a tentative agreement had been reached. No word as of Friday evening that it's been ratified but here's hoping yeah so i've been watching newsies on tiktok a lot lately not on purpose it's just kind of there now
1: yeah it takes a lot to break through my pregnancy tiktok
0: i bet yeah that algorithm must be strong Um,
1: it's real strong and i do get some i do still get some broadway news but it's i'm not inundated like i would be if i wasn't pregnant
0: newsies everywhere i find it interesting um who decides whether they use the um, Broadway newsies or the film newsies? Because I've seen both a lot.
1: I have seen both, yeah. Cri-
0: Christian Bale out here singing and dancing, Batman on the side of the new nu- of the unions himself. is pretty great. So, and now SAG-AFTRA is on strike. We've mentioned it. Uh, we kind of thought it was coming, um, and uh, I think it was like a day before they uh, declared a strike. Uh, an anonymous AMPTP producer uh is quoted to say that we're going to starve the writers out that we're going to outlast them until they can't pay for their homes anymore and then they'll come back to the table and that came out like a day before the actors went on strike to, so it just kind of solidified everyone's resolve there a little bit and from what's been leaked
1: about what the SAG-AFTRA brought to the table like these are the things we want you to address They're willing to negotiate like it's the Mm -hmm. it's the AMPTP that is like, no, we're rejecting that. No, we won't consider that. And it's really reasonable things. It's like, hey, there should be an actual conscionable penalty for not giving us meal breaks. Sure should. And they're like, no, we won't consider
0: that. Because there was a lot of he said he said she said and then uh, sag after just released the entire document or at least part of the document. And uh, they had a lot of very reasonable demands and things to be considered. And pretty much every single thing, AMPTP came back and said, no, we're not going to. Yeah. No. Nope,
1: rejected, nope. rejected, rejected. And it's like, yeah. I think it's really important to remember because I hear this criticism a lot. It's like, oh, these millionaire actors want more money. And what you have to remember is that the A-list, B-list, C-list celebrities that you know are not the ones who are ultimately benefiting from this. They are there in support and in solidarity. But Mm -hmm. it is the background actors. It is the extras. It is the people who are trying their damnedest to make an actual living doing this and living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. That are are the ones who are trying to benefit from this.
0: Yeah. Just because you've seen somebody's face on a television a couple of times doesn't mean that they're rolling in dough yeah it's usually actually quite the opposite especially with how streaming residuals work now meaning like they don't work at all and it's just it's just a bad situation for all of them and the thing i didn't know was that you had to hit a certain amount of income every year as a union actor income from union gigs to be eligible for health care yeah and uh Apparently that is a huge problem and people just don't get there. Hopefully that will be addressed amongst the many, many other things. The craziest thing was the idea that the studios wanted to be able to pay an actor one day's worth of work to scan them into AI and then basically be able to use them as background actors without compensation or notice in perpetuity that's wild like that even would be on the table it just shows how far these negotiators have to go yeah so and then uh, Oppenheimer Barbie is this weekend and uh, all of the actors walked out of promo for these Mm -hmm. films the evening before the strike uh, started Uh, so that's making headlines right now it's a very interesting time
1: it is. I think my favorite TikTok related to that was saying, you know, we support the actors, we support the guilds, we support the unions. But Margot Robbie, can you please just show us what you were going to wear for the remainder yeah. of these press events? Because right, she has been exactly. dressing in these yeah, iconic we just want Barbie to see outfits. It.
0: We want to see it. That's what TikTok is for. Yeah. That's what. Yeah. So, so much of the promo for all of these shows and films now we won't get to see and that's okay um there's a lot of pre-recorded interviews and that can happen um but what does and doesn't constitute scabbing of this has been really kind of vague or over discussed there's a lot of content creators you know putting out the warning of hey don't scab don't even give the appearance of scabbing the actor's line because you if you ever want to be a member of SAG don't do it yeah i'm sure there's gonna be a lot of fallout in the next couple weeks as things do happen or don't happen um and it appears that this is going to drag on for quite a while
1: yep and the last time the writers and the actors were on strike at the same time ronald reagan was president not of the united states but of sag aftra
0: (laughs) famous uh pro-union president reagan Mm -hmm. famously pro-union
1: yep Maybe
0: there's uh, something to be said about that.
1: I don't know enough to be the one to say it.
0: Me either, but I feel like there is. Google it. Uh, speaking of dictators.
1: Where are you going with this, Ryan?
0: There's there's a new musical on Broadway. Is there? David Burns, Here Lies Love uh, tells the disturbing story of Imelda Marcos through disco.
1: And, yeah, is apparently this newest in a line of immersive interactive pieces of theater
0: new york times review says the real star of the show is the astonishing architectural transformation of the broadway theater itself by set designer david corins uh who did hamilton among many other things it has hosted it was a movie palace originally the theater was and then it was the home of king kong west side story and it was gutted from 1800 seats down to about 800 and standing room for another 300 in the former orchestra section and a 42-inch disco ball dead center.
1: I'm visualizing how big 42 inches is. That's sizable.
0: That is a gigantic disco ball. That's three and a half feet. Yeah. It's it's longer than a yardstick. I
1: was going to say it's almost as tall as I am. Not quite.
0: Three foot foot six? Three foot six. I I think you're a little... i'm a little little taller taller than than three foot six it's about as tall as uh jj
1: okay that's a big disco ball
0: yeah it's about the size of a five-year-old
1: it's a big disco ball
0: so this is opened um it sounds like the immersive part is the best part and everything else is it kind of works um but it is an all uh filipino cast which is uh good we love to see it it's a disco all filipino musical about a dictator so you know normal broadway things yeah we'll see how long this lasts hopefully longer than k-pop which seems to be the standard now for some of these things but there's a new show on broadway
1: there's a new show on broadway and it's pushing some boundaries and i hope that it will be rewarded for that because so often i feel like Broadway shows that take chances don't do well.
0: Yeah. Well, that take chances in, like, a a casting, like, uh, from a casting standpoint or, uh, you know, the specific stories they're trying to tell, like, if it's not white enough or it's not American enough or it's not traditional enough, like, you can only push the envelope in one or two ways and yeah. not all the ways which is what kind of what they've done here from the set and the lights and the cast and the show
1: we also have a lot of casting news coming out of broadway so they have announced new cast members for Hades Town.
0: sure have a whole bunch
1: yeah our eurydice who i think has been there from the very beginning is that ava ava
0: yeah i think she's the original
1: she's been in that show for a lot longer than I feel like Broadway actors tend to stay in their projects.
0: Yeah, because you, your window after you have a successful show like that, your window to get cast in things, is uh, very very small. That's why they usually only say that one year, at their first contract year, and then they leave and go do other things.
1: But um, she is only just now leaving, and... Um, our persephone as well amber gray was in the role for a long time and so we were waiting for a new mm-hmm. persephone and we have those new faces have been announced i don't have it in front of me anymore because i looked up sometime.
0: no well <laughs> but there's a whole new there's a whole bunch of new hadestown actors and uh i saw one person describe it as hadestown entering its stunt casting era to try to keep the show going for as long as they can because it's been It ran off-Broadway for a while, and now it's been on-Broadway for, well, pandemic makes time funny, but a while.
1: And it's been touring long enough that it's slated to come to Toledo.
0: Yes, it is. This season. Way downtown. Haiti's town.
1: It's not a knock on Toledo. I'm just saying that we tend to be like the third runaround of tour schedules.
0: Yeah, at least the third. By the time they get here, they're not necessarily completely union anymore.
1: And uh, we're already making
0: plans to go see it. It'll be here in I think February. Good. I'm excited to see six when mm-hmm. it comes here. Mm-hmm. That'll be good. But you have the Sondheim casting news. I in front do, of you.
1: I, and and so uh, we've talked a little bit about this last, this final Sondheim musical that he was writing when he died, that I think someone else has finished, um, mm-hmm. called Here We Are. And it will open in September off-Broadway at The Shed, which is a Manhattan-based arts center. And everybody and their brother is in this thing. Mm, Um, I'm not, though. No, I'm not either. But like, there are some some real big names in this. We've got Francois Batiste, Tracy Mm. Bennett, Bobby Cannavale, Michaela Diamond, who is currently in Parade.
0: Well, I guess she will only be in Parade for so much longer.
1: (laughs) Amber Gray, who we just talked about. Playing Persephone in Hades Town, Jin Ha, Rachel Bain Jones, Dennis O'Hare, Stephen Pascal, David Hyde Pierce, and Jeremy wow. Shamos.
0: What a cast! it's a
1: stacked cast.
0: Stacked, and it's off Broadway, so it could transfer if it does well. It could. I don't think any. I don't think anybody really expects it to do incredibly well. Like it, it'll sell tickets because it's the last one. Yeah. Right. Like, and we're in a Sondheim Renaissance, but. I don't think it'll transfer unless it's it would have to get rave reviews
1: yeah and what I want people to keep in mind as they go to this thing if they go to see it or as they talk about it this is not technically I would not call this Sontime's like final piece because he, it was not finished when he passed away correct and so it not only had to be finished by another composer but also like there was no workshopping process. There was no mm-hmm. chance to yeah. see how it played in front of an audience and make changes and make it add adaptions. And that's really important to keep in mind.
0: Mm-hmm. Especially for the Sondheim stuff. Cause the yeah. Sondheim stuff is so complicated.
1: Yeah. Like this is not what this show would look like if Stephen Sondheim had not died when he did.
0: Oh f- yeah, for sure for sure what it has to be different
1: yeah i'm still intrigued yes. to listen
0: to it and to hear the music i'm glad they're doing it and they're doing it now because if they didn't do it now i don't know when when it would happen mm-hmm. um because it didn't sound like it was far enough along in the process for them to just take it tweak it and put it in, straight into workshops Like it sounded like there was more work to it than just, Hey, we have something and we can give it to a director. It was a lot of work had to be done. So we'll see how it goes. I'm sure we'll be hearing a lot more about it. When does it go up? End of September. End of September. Okay. You know what else starts uh, at the end of September? At the Birmingham rep Sinatra, the musical.
1: So we really are just going to do a bio musical for every big musician that
0: anybody's ever heard of? Sure are. Who's playing Frank Sinatra?
1: (laughs) Is it Matt Doyle?
0: It's Matt Doyle. Oh my God, it's Matt Doyle. Yeah, Matt Doyle is going to play Sinatra. So that'll be interesting. It sure will. Um, Was it Company he got the the Tony in? Was that for Company, I think?
1: Uh, I'm not sure.
0: He's very, very good. So we'll see how this goes. It explores his rise to fame, his marriage to Nancy affair with Ava Gardner, the greatest comeback in showbiz history. I would argue that would actually be Elvis, but whatever. So they have the cast and they have the family, right? But then they also have um, several other big characters, like real life characters that have to be portrayed in one way or another. So like they have to put on stage uh, Nat King Cole, Gene Kelly. Hedda Hopper, Judy Garland, Billie Holiday, Lana Turner, Sammy Davis Jr. Like, that's a lot. There's a, there's, this is a lot. So I'm very interested to see how this goes. They are doing it regionally at the Birmingham Rep. It runs September 23 through October 28. So we'll kind of put a pin in that, wait and see how that goes. And um, I, I have to imagine if that does well at all, it'll move on to Off Broadway or Broadway. But, We'll see how that works its way through the process. Frank Sinatra. So who's next? That's the question. Good question. Um, Can we do a musical about Sondheim?
1: That would be interesting.
0: It'd be very interesting. A jukebox
1: musical about Sondheim. Yeah. Pulling.
0: All Sondheim shows. (laughs) Written by Andrew Lloyd Webber.
1: (sighs) Why? Why'd you go there? Why'd you do it?
0: Because it is such a good joke. That's why.
1: Stephen Sondheim, fairly recently, I think over the course of the pandemic, wrote, quote unquote, a show called Snapshots, where Mm. he didn't really write. He wrote the show, but it's not new music. It is songs pulled from all of his various shows and put into a new order with a new context. And they filmed it. They filmed a pro shot of it wherever it was performed and it was on Broadway HD, and I watched it. Any good? I mean, it's good because it's Stephen Schwartz, and I like Stephen Schwartz, but it was, again, the same problem I have with jukebox musicals.
0: <laughs> sure, sure. Is it's that it's a- like, taken out of context. The original
1: yeah. context of this is very different, and it doesn't quite work as well as you want it to to put it in this new context.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I guess we'll see I Sondheim we'll the see. musical Sondheim the musical much like Rogers Rogers musical, with the exclamation is... point at the end yeah exactly yep. exactly yep. Uh, how to dance in Ohio is another new musical um, and, and talking about accessibility in theater it is a new musical about a group of autistic young adults preparing for their spring formal will come to Broadway this fall beginning previews at the Belasco November 15th, opening December 10th. It is based on a documentary, which is crazy, uh, uh, but it had its premiere, it premiered it at uh, Syracuse stage last fall, and the company will be led by seven autistic actors who will all be making their Broadway debuts. The rest of the cast is TBD. T- t- but that is a huge step forward in we love that representation. There you go. We
1: love that representation deeply.
0: I have not seen this documentary, How to Dance in Ohio. I kind of feel like I might need to now.
1: Yeah, I haven't either, but I'm intrigued mostly because it's got Ohio in the title,
0: right? And uh, Corn Show may not be about Ohio, but this one is, so we will support Corn we stand, Show. We stand a, an Ohio show.
1: We stand an Ohio show.
0: Uh, Santa's corn Show too. Corn
1: Show is moving to London. and I'm
0: corn show interested, going on tour.
1: interested to hear how it plays there.
0: Yeah, uh, notable producer of corn England.
1: I think it's always interesting to see how some of these just deeply Americana almost shows that are so rooted in like this American experience how they yeah. play mm-hmm. in places mm-hmm. that are not America and do not right. obviously have that same kind of like deep sense of whatever.
0: Yeah. Whatever, whatever that it factor is that makes it Americana. Right. Yeah. Cause it's not even like, it's one thing to do a show about New York city or the yes. immigrant experience or the something like that right that is something that can can be a little more universal cuz everybody kind of wants to be New York City it's kind of its own magical place but to do a show about the midwest yeah and uh our corn our good good corn and go take it to london is just a wild thought process
1: yeah and i'm i'm just i'm curious to see how it's received
0: so i think we really need to get those corn show for the wind shirts now because they're going to be eligible for oliviers absolutely corn show for the olivier
1: (laughs) yes
0: larry is rolling over in his grave
1: speaking of shows that won oliviers
0: speaking of shows that won oliviers is um, it hamilton because i was going to say something about hamilton
1: no i was going to take us to some local theater news okay let but me say something about say Hamilton because it'll, it'll,
0: means... it'll tie back into your, uh, your, your um, taking, taking one culture and putting it in another mm-hmm. musical comment. Um, so uh, Lin-Manuel announced that there's a Spanish version of Hamilton coming, which okay. is interesting because he wa- he wants to do it in Puerto Rico, um, obviously, and then he would probably go back in and do it. He'd have to learn it in Spanish, which is crazy to think about. Um I bet that would become Spanglish real quick uh-huh. for him. But um, I th- find that super interesting. But also um, the idea of taking a show that's so deeply American or so deeply, you know, this country or this experience or whatever, and then touring around the world its kind of what Hamilton's figuring out right now. Yeah. Because, right? you know, Phantom is kind of universal. Wicked is kind of universal these like gigantic shows like that kind of universal uh come from away is very specific and that's touring places but mostly u.s and other, other shows like that are mostly u.s hamilton is incredibly american mm-hmm. but also not because you know george washington was not black yeah so it it's it walks that really fine line and that's why people talk about hamilton for so long but hamilton is now touring um new zealand and the actors there um i'm gonna get the i don't remember what the term was but the actors playing washington and uh hamilton are both new zealanders and apparently there is a a um there's the moment in the show where uh washington uh Says goodbye and you know uh, salutes Hamilton or shakes his hand or whatever and it's been a uh, Lin and Chris Jackson uh, talked about that moment being different every time but how important that like that that moment of respect was and how deeply it felt for everyone and that every Washington and Hamilton had kind of had a separate moment um, in whatever combination whatever tour whoever's playing that that moment changes. So now in New Zealand, uh, when they have this moment, you can find it on TikTok, I'm sure, they have this moment, and they go to shake hands, and then Washington, New Zealand Washington, steps in and puts his forehead on Hamilton's, and apparently it's a very, very, like, deeply New Zealand thing. Like, it's a, 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 a... very ingrained in their culture there was a term that was used for it i don't remember what it was but the way that that crosses so many cultural yeah. boundaries and so many different things like you could write papers about this
1: and i don't know if it's exactly the same but i know there was a lot of talk about that a similar practice when uh moana came out um mm. because the forehead touch that moana does with her grandmother that she does with um tafiti at the end they talked about how like in some of these Islander cultures, indigenous Islander cultures, it's that big show of respect. Mm
0: -hmm. So I wonder Mm -hmm.
1: if it's kind of stemming from the same.
0: Yeah. It's all in the same vein of uh, culture coming through. Um,
1: And I love it when productions are given kind of the freedom to translate in a way Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. adapt this moment to their audience where it's not exactly what was done in the original production, which if you are a tour, even an international tour, you're basically taking the same production with different actors. But I love this freedom to make sure that these moments are landing the same way. Yeah. With whatever audience you're in front of.
0: Exactly. It's like just taking Hamilton to to England is different, right? It's like, Hey, this is about your, you know, 12 times removed grandfather, and we're going to do this show here now. Cool. Anytime you can put a show in a different context like that, it's always interesting to see how it comes out. Speaking of different contexts, what did you have that was local?
1: So I went last weekend and I saw a production by the Oregon Community Theater, which is about a half an hour away from where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, they did Matilda Jr. Mm -hmm. And I went to see it, not because I knew anybody in the show, um, but because they're nearby theater and my theater is doing Matilda next year. And so I wanted to see how they accomplished some of these like onstage magic pieces. And just I just wanted to see how they kind of handled the show. Sure. They have a cast in this production of over 100 children, Ryan.
0: That's insane.
1: There were 100 Jeez. children on stage in front of me. That's
0: about that's about 60 too many.
1: It was so many kids.
0: Were they all in the same outfit? Did they all costume them that well, or was it?: a Oh yeah, more no, they dis-
1: made all of their costumes. They made all wow. of these school uniforms for these kids. Wow, that's so much. And it's it's honestly impressive to have that many kids on stage. And the ones that I kind of honed in on, they all seemed to know their stuff. Like, they knew the dances. Mm-hmm. They knew the words. And I think the majority of them were probably only in, like, a handful of scenes.
0: Sure, yeah. Because there's a handful of numbers. Like, if you want it to be a group of school kids, like, you could put a lot of people in the school yeah. kid numbers.
1: But it was it was so many that the only time literally everybody was on stage was curtain call at the very end
0: that's so many people and
1: even in the beginning like the opening song they had kids up the aisles in the theater
0: dang that's so many
1: because there's just there were just so many of them it was intense
0: yeah. Did they sound good? Because you can, you could sound really good with that many voices, like by default, because everybody there's just a wall of sound, or it could not work.
1: They they did sound good. Um, the they double cast all of the leads. Gotcha. And so there was a there was a Thursday Saturday cast and a Friday Sunday cast. Okay. And I think that that's a decent way to do it if you're gonna have like listen it's a good way to fill the space i'm pretty sure they sold out mm-hmm. all four nights because when you have 100 oh, kids sure. on stage you're gonna easy to do. sell tickets you're gonna put butts in chairs yep. um yep. the girl who played bruce the night i was there had an absolute powerhouse voice
0: great love to see
1: it um and everybody else was was decent the junior script is interesting
0: speaking of interesting junior, junior scripts, oh yeah I went and saw, it's not a junior script yet. Uh, I haven't read the junior version yet. I'm about to this weekend, I think. But I did go and see a local production of uh, Mean Girls High School Edition.
1: I did not make it to Mean Girls High School Edition.
0: Uh, I did make it to Mean Girls High School Edition. And uh, I'm not super familiar with actual Mean Girls. Mm -hmm. They didn't cut much out. To make it high school like I don't know what they did or didn't take out because there's there's things that they said in that show that I'm not gonna say in this podcast uh-huh like for sure not to and then not to keep our family friendly rating so it was it was it was pretty good I was unfortunately kind of under an air vent so it was kind of hard to hear some of them but uh you know it was it was good to see like a a contemporary high school musical that really dealt with issues and did not hold back. Like this script does not hold back. So I am uh, perusing junior musicals right now to pick one for the fall and Mean Girls Junior is on my list. So it'll be interesting to read that and compare and see how much they actually changed.
1: Yeah. You'll have to let me know. Um, Mean Girls. I wanted to see it. It was just a weekend with a lot of stuff going on and it happens i'm pregnant
0: yep it's a great uh great excuse
1: (laughs) gets me out of a lot very valid honestly
0: it's Um, valid
1: it is incredibly valid
0: you went and saw uh the jane austen show right with our good friend i did yeah no we
1: went uh we went down to columbus with a group of friends to see a friend of the podcast member of the Ghostlight media family griffin in um sense and sensibility down in columbus i have seen this production before i saw this not this production but i saw this script in um mm-hmm. oregon the state not oregon the city where i saw matilda um, but oregon the state at the sh- oregon shakespeare festival and i was intrigued to see a, another group do it and I, I my opinions of the script are are pretty much the same which is It's a decent adaptation of Jane Austen's novel. It has some shortcomings. It has some things that it does very well. But honestly, Ryan, I was absolutely blown away by the amount of talent on that stage. Because these were all they're all just, you know, community theater actors they are not professionals. Um, And it was outdoors. And it was outdoors. Um, But there was no single weak link on that stage. Everybody was hilarious. Everybody was on good um they have a wonderful setup down there too they have this outdoor stage and they have like a cottage that's nearby where they store all of the furniture and things between shows in case of weather but for the most part the set that gets built stays on stage okay and they they run each show for i think four weekends because they don't reschedule for weather and they don't move inside for weather so if there's bad weather the show just gets canceled Gotcha. Um, And so I think that's why they go for four weekends is so that you have plenty of time if your show gets rained out to still come back and see the show.
0: That's good. I mean, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to reschedule community theater stuff. Yeah. So
1: Uh, we were worried about rain the day that we went, but the rain did hold off. So we did get to see the whole show. Um, And Griffin was hilarious and spectacular. And the production overall was. was marvelous as well.
0: I saw um, all the production photos Griffin posted and I was uh, pleasantly surprised to see the the depth of detail on the set and the costumes Mm -hmm. and also also just the quality of the production photos for outside. Like that's hard to do. Yeah. So like good kudos all around. But yeah, it's a
1: it's a script by Kate Hamill. And if you like Jane Austen and you're in a position to be looking for high comedy period pieces with a decent sized cast. This is a good one to look
0: into. There you go. There you'll have it. Well, that'll do it for us this week. Uh, we'll have more strike news next time, I'm sure. We are part of the Ghostlight Media Network. You can find us at ghostlightmedia.net and follow us on Twitter at bytheghostlightpod. Uh, thank you to everyone over on our Patreon. Uh, you can find that information at ghostlikemedia.net as well without whom this show would not exist and if you are a patreon patron we hope you enjoyed listening to our uh live watch along of high school musical the musical the series episode one because we cannot wait to watch episode
1: two yeah we're still mad about how good that episode was i was expecting to just be able to mock it the whole time and i couldn't do that
0: i have at least twice in the last week Uh, been flipping through disney plus and high school musical the musical the series has popped up and i have wanted very badly to click on it i have restrained excellent it was hard
1: i understand and i appreciate your restraint
0: well that'll do it for us thanks for coming along with us on this uh magical theater journey my name's ryan my
1: name's cassie
0: and join us next time by the ghost light